welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood as we continue our months long review of everything Universal Monsters. Next stop, we take a trip to Transylvania. Uh, six, five thousand. We meet a wolf guy who's not really a wolf guy. We meet some vampire chick who's hot, but she's not really a vampire chick. Frankenstein is just some guy who got in a car wreck. And we have a mummy that's a hot chick. Yes, we're talking all about Transylvania 6, 5000. We got a bunch of jokes. Uh, some you can do nowadays, some you can't. But this is the this has to be the first ever PG retro blood as well. J.A. Allison, James Klein, what's happening, Allison? How you feeling? What's up, man? I'm feeling pretty good now. I got some uh, some of that shiner in me, and I'm feeling pretty good. I'm oh. following your Texas lead, and I got this new shiner that I've never seen. I before. got you uh, hooked on the shiner, didn't I? You did. You got me hooked on the shiner. This is that Tex Hex. Yeah, I was super, you know, uh, that you said that's Tex Hex. I don't know yeah. if I had that one, but it sounds good. I think I got you hooked on the Shiner because the last two times that we went out to see a wrestling show and a concert, they they just so happened to have the Shiner uh, Pecan beer. Mm, yeah, that was good shit. We got that shit on draft too. I didn't, that was so random that that place had that. I was like, what the fuck? That's awesome. Yeah, I know. That was so weird. Like, uh, let her, yeah, the last two wrestling shows, right? Like, we went to, uh, to, we, we got the pecan stuff. Yeah. But, uh, one, one was during season and this one was like in May. So it was kind of, oh, weird that's right. That's season. right. We did it during both wrestling shows. The Behemoth yeah, show, we had something the, different. That's right. Yeah. During Behemoth, we had something different. Yeah. We have a, we have an, un, a lost episode where we talk about the pecan stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I got to release that one day. Yeah, someday I'm, about to put that out. Yeah, maybe that'd be a little, little super hitting. relevant now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll just like, it'd just be a retro. <laughs> that'd be a retro ca- podcast of a retro podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody, what a jam-packed episode we have today. We have our first. Well, I don't know if it's our first ever comedy, like horror movie, but this is definitely a very interesting movie. I would say this is definitely a kids movie. It's probably our very first kids movie, I would say, on the show. This is not a kids movie. It's a comedy, but I wouldn't say it's a kids movie. Really? I mean, I didn't see anything I wouldn't like... Know. Well, who would watch this then? People who like comedies. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a kids movie. I mean, it's it's more kids related than the other the normal stuff we do. I don't, All I, I know, if I, I was a kid, 16 years old, I could definitely watch this movie, no problem. Oh, well, 16, yeah. When I think of kids, I think of, like, little kids. But Oh, okay. I'm not talking about five like, years old or nothing. Um, Hell, brother. Yeah, I mean, when I was has, fucking you know. 10 years old, I fucking snuck my ass to, to uh, uh, True Lies. 
Yeah, I said that. What's that movie with the Arnold Schwarzenegger and Laurie uh, and uh, the, the Laurie Laurie? I mean, with the Jamie Lurk, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, True Lies. Yeah, yeah, yeah True yeah. Lies. Fucking snuck my ass in there, Playboy. All right, fucking just watched everything. All I didn't right, care as a right. kid. I was crazy. <laughs> yeah, crazy. My, yeah. True Lies. That actually remembers in my. I think I said this in the show before. I'm not sure, but my first ever horror movie that I watched as a little kid, and I don't even know how I got away with this. Was watching Dust from Dawn. Oh, wow. Yeah. Remember that That's one where it had, like, the beginning of it had fucking Quentin Tarantino and this other guy, like, fucking kidnapping these motherfuckers and it's, like, some sort of crazy horror movie. Then they go to some vampire titty bar. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. We're going to have to review that movie sometime on here because that movie was great. Maybe we'll do it on a Lights Out episode or something. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. I love that movie. But, everybody, we're going to be talking all about Transylvania 6 5000. And definitely an 80s movie if there ever was one. And we're also going to be talking about the release date of this, of November 8th, 1985. And before we get into it, so this this would be our Frankenstein Universal Monster movie. Because this is, uh, we, ha- we've, we, we were kind of like juggling back and forth of which Frankenstein movie to do for this month. Um... You know, we had a couple like Frankenstein's Island and stuff, but when I was reading some of the reviews and stuff, it's like, okay, well, Frankenstein's actually here. It's like people, mm. this guy's turning people into Frankenstein's or it's Frankenstein's bride and stuff. And this one said it had Frankenstein and then we got Swerve, brother. It wasn't real, real Frankenstein. It was some dude who got like fucking plastic surgery. Yeah. Yeah, we got Swerved on the They Swerved us, bro. <laughs> they but, but from what we hear, Frankenstein's not really in Frankenstein Island either. 1980s Frankenstein movies are hard to find, I can tell you that. Yeah. Now, I know there's a couple out there. I didn't, one of them was The Bride. You know what I mean? So there there is some more. Maybe we'll have to revisit Frankenstein down the road on the retro, uh, on the retro blood. But, um, you know, this one, this one is not too bad. You know, we'll talk about it. Um, but, um, before we get into that, let's get into some of the history surrounding the release date. November 8th, 1985. Uh, you know, 1985 is always a fascinating year to me. And the reason it's fascinating to me is because I was born in that year. I was, I was born May 13, 1985. So it's very interesting to see stuff that was going on that you were just a baby. You know what I mean? Especially mm-hmm. when it comes to wrestling, movies, and music and stuff. It's just very interesting. And I just kind of like, you know, sometimes when I'm watching this stuff or, uh, you know, I'm, I kind of put myself like, what would, what would me nowadays you know, like, you know, but when I was born, you know, so it's kind of, it's kind of a fascinating thing. Um, but I got a huge wrestling thing. Uh, Allison, do you want to go first with some of the history that you found? Yeah, I mean, I can, I just got one like little wrestling thing that I thought was interesting. Go ahead. Um, so on the 8th of November, the night this movie came out, um, there was a, um, a WWF house show in Pittsburgh. And one of the matches on it I thought was interesting. Um, uh, so Hulk Hogan, who was a WWF champion, defeated Jesse Ventura. Now, the reason I think this is interesting is because it's 1985. And I was kind of under the impression that Ventura, Jesse Ventura was kind of pretty much a commentator by this point. Because WrestleMania 1 had already happened or was about to. I can't remember if that was 84 85. And he was a commentary guy on that. So it's kind of weird that he got back in the ring to, to wrestle Hogan at a house. Well, I think he might have done I think he might have done the thing like um Jerry Lawler did, you know, at the time like you know mm-hmm. how Jerry Lawler was a commentary plus he was the a wrestler, but to be honest with you, a lot of stuff that I see around this time um 
it looks like Bruno San Martino did a lot of commentary um, during this particular era of 1985. And he, he also did commentary too, and then Bruno still wrestled as well too. So I think this was like at the peak where both of them, Jesse Ventura and Bruno, were like doing commentary, but they were wrestling as well. Yeah, that's true, because Bruno was trying to get David, his son David, over, I think. He was on the show as well on a tag team with David. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Bruno's been, like, back and forth. Like, there was a period, and this is probably as he's trying to get, like, his son over. He's still, he's basically um, the, the, the the legend figure, you know, like kind of like the, uh, the seasoned veteran during the 1985 era that we're in right mm-hmm. now. Anything else happened on this house show? Pretty much not really. I mean, it's just a typical house to, show. I mean, to be honest with you, show, like, obviously. I mean, to be honest with you, if that shit said Hulk Hogan and Jesse Ventura, I would have been there because that sounds awesome. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I, I've never seen that. Yeah. Like, I don't, I've never, like, I can't think back of a time when Hogan and Ventura wrestled each other. So I'm like, well, that's pretty amazing. So that's why I brought it yeah, up. Yeah, they might have done Everything it. Everything else was just kind of normal. Yeah, they might have done it in, like, um maybe some territories and stuff, but I can, I can never remember a feud or anything like that, that they actually like locked horns with. And I mean, I could see it happening because I'm pretty sure it's happened more than once, but it's just very, it's just very fascinating to see that because they're, they're similar, very similar, but then they're different as well. Like yes, body wise, wrestling style wise, but Justin Ventura is a bit more flashy when it comes to his uh, attires. Yeah, I would say so. Like, you know, Hogan Hogan tried to do that, but Jesse was very flashy. Um, I would say that Hogan is more like this is getting off topic, but I would say Hogan is more like superstar Billy Graham. Yeah, I'll get Superstar Billy Graham was Hulk Hogan before there was a Hulk Hogan. Yeah, pretty much. It's basically it's basically like taking um Superstar Graham with like Bruno San Martino, Bruno San Martino's popularity and kind of mixing them too. Yeah, exactly. So um, I got a wrestling thing too, so maybe I'll do mine first. But mine kind of like mine mixes in with music. All right. Nice. So on this date, November eighth, nineteen eighty five, we did have that WWF house show. I like how we're talking all about WWF because like if there's anything PG at this time, brother, it's WWF. All right. Yep. Just like Eat your the, vitamins. Yes. So there is a. I should be like a reporter for this fucking show because I've already. I think I've done this show like twice or three times already on the Retro Blood. We had Tuesday Night Titans, brother. It aired November eighth, nineteen eighty five. All right. And I watched this whole fucking episode. That's sweet. And it's very interesting. The whole con. The we we talked about this before on Retro Blood. The whole concept of. TNT, Tuesday Night Titans, is basically like Vince McMahon's talk show. He's trying to be like David Letterman. He's trying to be like all these talk show guys. It's just really interesting to see because the thing I kind of like about this show is when he brings the guest on, there's no fucking script for these guys. You know what I mean? They're not cutting promos. They're just trying to like, they're trying to be in character, but they don't have, you could tell like they didn't have any kind of script that they had to read. They just fucking, hey, you're going to come out here. We're going to talk about some shit and then just wing it. And I like that. Mm. I, li- I like that when they can just like wing it sometimes because we start off this particular episode with Nikolai Volkov and his manager, Classy, Freddie Blassie. Yes, perfect. And of course, Fr- Freddie Blassie's dressed in some sort of purple gimmick. This guy's all purple. He kind of looks like a, he basically wears clothes like Michael Hayes. So I'm pretty sure Michael Hayes 
um, in his later years copies Freddie Blassie because their albums look exactly alike. All right? And then, of course, Nikolai Volkov is in some sort of, you know, Russian gimmick. All right? And then the, oh, whole, yeah. th- the whole thing they're talking about is how great Nikolai Volkov is at singing the Russian, the Russian uh, national anthem. How great he is. <laughs> and, of course, fucking Freddie Blassie, he's just calling everybody a pencil neck geek all the time. Bro, Freddie Blassie on this, he was fantastic because he, you could tell this guy didn't have any script. He was just saying random shit. He would sit down there. I was like, yeah, I got my, my man over here, Nikolai, and stuff. Some kid, I heard a bunch of your people clapping. There's all your relatives out here, McMahon. And then they, and then they show like um, they show like a little match. So they did some some of the previews. Like they'll 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 bring out the wrestler and his manager. Then they'll show like a match, uh, of the of the particular manager and wrestler. And this match was like uh, it was just a squash match. But I I forgot the the team. What check out this team? Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. Oh, I, I think that's a pretty typical team because they were yeah. both uh, super. They were both. Um, Foreigners, yes, foreign, foreign heels, yes, and they were from, managed, uh, yeah, by Freddie, right? By, yeah, by Freddie, yes. Mm. And it was just, it, it is really cool to see, like, man, like Iron Sheik was like jacked, like this guy was fucking jacked to the gills, and it was just like he, he was great. I always liked the Iron Sheik. He, that guy's a madman, anyway, fucking crazy. Um, so back when we get back now, the best part about this whole interview part with, with Freddie is when I actually had the fans ask him questions. No, first, for, first, <laughs> first, first, like McMahon was all like talking to Scott, like, okay, you're gonna, oh, I, don't, I don't want you to talk to him. And he goes to a kid and then like, there's this kid, like he asks, is like, he's like, uh, he's like, Hey, um, you know, you sing this song so good. You ever thought about being a singer? And then Freddie Banks is like, I got the answer for that. No, he's like, you know, and then and it's like, McMahon was like, what are you talking about? You got the answer. Like, do you mean like, you know, what's the question for that? It's like, no. And then Freddie was trying to like uh, catch himself. He's like, no. What I mean was, I got the answer from Nikolai over here, and I'm about to tell you the answer and the question. <laughs> <laughs> and he just goes on. It's like, the question is, sit down, you pencil neck geek. That's how you tell. But the best part, my, the best part is we had this fat dude. This guy fucking was a fat dude. He fucking had long hair and a beard. He looks like a typical wrestling fan nowadays. Okay, you should have saw this fucking guy. I was like, the, the wrestling fans. I, this is 1985, and they look the exact same nowadays. This fucking guy asked like, oh god, what does he ask? He asked us some stupid question like, you know, what, you know, if you don't like America, why are you staying in here and stuff? You know, kind of like that. And yeah. then, and then Freddie was like. Listen, I'm gonna answer this guy's question, but this guy over here, screw him. He's like, look at this guy. He's a fucking fat, oily piece of sh- <laughs> oily-haired man. <laughs> look at him. He's just going crazy on this fat and calling this guy fat and oil, like like a hairy beast or some shit. <laughs> so, and this is these are real audiences, right? These yeah. are not like plants, right? These yeah. are real people. No, this is a real audience. Yeah, they had a real audience in there and stuff. And he's just going off on this guy. It was great. Uh, the next segment we had was a, a Bruno um, San Martino segment, and he was basically it was a pretty good interview. He was basically talking about all the injuries he's had. You know, he basically what happened is I think it happened around the seventies, maybe nineteen seventy six or something like that. He had a very bad back injury that actually took him out of wrestling for like four years. Mm-hmm. It could have happened in the early eighties. I'm not really sure when the back injury actually happened, but then he was just talking about his training. You know, he also had a neck injury too that he had to go through. Um, they actually showed a very old match between him and some other guy in 1974, and the wrestling was very different. <laughs> it 
it's crazy to see oh, like yeah. the progressions of, of wrestling throughout the years of how different it, it's like the same and it's different there's just more layers that keep getting added up out upon it uh, but he's just basically talking about his his workout regimen um how he's you know made his body and he looked great like he and apparently i did not know this so it's like november 8th 1985 and he said he was in his late 40s i was like this guy was alive for like ever though like i remember he didn't like but yeah. he didn't like pass away until like a couple years ago huh you mean nikolai volkov no 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 bruno san martino oh bruno sorry i missed yeah. that bruno san martino yeah i mean he was i mean he lived to be a very old person yeah, he was like maybe like Very eighty or something. Like, man. Um, but yeah, I, definitely he was definitely in in his in the forties, uh, in his forties and in the eighties for sure. Because yeah, he he basically held the WWF title for all of the seventies. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, pretty much. He was there for like ten years. Probably. Yeah, sounds yeah. about right. But I, I, it's just crazy to think because I remember him, you know, being around and. You know, he obviously looked a lot older when I, when I probably was seeing him and stuff. But it's just it's just pretty fascinating to see that he was like that age around that time. Uh, the mm-hmm. next up, we get Jimmy Hart. He's on the broadcast and he's talking all about Terry Funk. And they show a match. Check out this guy's name. And I want to see what his what kind of fantastic memories you have from this particular wrestler. Have you ever heard of a wrestler called Red Walsh? <laughs> red Red Walsh. Yes, no, I've not Walsh. heard of Red Walsh. Red Walsh. I've not heard of Red Walsh. He is a man from Ireland who is pale skin okay. and ha- and has red hair. Red Walsh. Okay. He is All facing right. Terry Funk, and boy, does Terry Funk beat the shit out of this guy. <laughs> wow. So so Terry Funk was in WWF in the eighties and eighty five. Yeah, yeah, he was there. Okay. Red tights and everything, man, beating people up and. So not only did he beat Red Walsh, he he used a sleeper. The finish was a sleeper. Oh. He sleeped his ass yeah. out. And then he yeah, took you a can't beat, you can't beat that. And then he took a branding iron and he fucking branded his motherfucker ass. I was kind of wondering. I was going to ask about that if he if he did the branding iron gimmick because I didn't know if WWF would let him do that. In well, well, he did it, but it's not like it like burned him. All he did was it kind of looked like a stamp. Well, of course, <laughs> it was like a stamp. Basically. I think it actually branded him. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, like the storyline going on during this time is, we have this ring attendant named Mel Phillips, and apparently, Terry Funk and Mel Phillips were in a scuffle, and one junkyard dog come out came out to save Mel Phillips because Mel, a junkyard dog and Terry Funk are in a feud. And sign me up, brother, because I would love to see that. Yeah, that's uh, that's my ticket. I would I would buy that ticket. Take my money. I that was like, Terry, paid. these two wild fuckers, yes. Even though, like, you know, you know, the junkyard dog was huge, popular in the WWF. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's crazy to think, you know, like him in the Mid-South. Like, he, that's pretty much where he had his, like, rise to fame was in there. Yeah. There's a really good documentary. I always shout out the documentaries. There's a really good documentary. Hopefully, it's on Peacock. Last time we tried to find a fucking thing on Peacock, it wasn't there. But it's so hard to find shit on Peacock, too. Like, I found about this. So, check this out. This is a little side thing. I, I was researching the date, November 8th, 1985, and I found that Tuesday Night Titans. And all it said on there was Tuesday Night Titans, episode 57. Okay. Well, I'm going to go okay. on the Peacock, and I'm going to find Tuesday Night Titans, episode 57. First of all, I couldn't find... TNT uh, Tuesday Night Titans anywhere at the WWE section at all like anywhere like you know they're the little top things where they break it down by originals and superstars and all this shit I fucking yeah. searched through all of them couldn't find it so I had to like type it in okay I type it in 
After I did that, they have them numbered by seasons. Seasons 1, 2, and 3. I'm like, okay. Season 1, uh, episode 1 through 17. Okay. Season 2, 1 through 46. I was like, oh, fuck. So I live. <laughs> So I literally had to go from the top episode and count all the way to fucking 57. Yeah. And I somehow found like, this shit. Yeah, like their organization is so is so bad. Like they just don't like the way they do everything is terrible. Like um like the way they do pay-per-views is terrible. Like it's like WrestleMania season one, episode one. Well, there's only one damn WrestleMania that year. So then season two has one episode in it. So like why do they break it down that way? I guess it's the only way they know how to do television. Yeah. On the Peacock, but I mean, you know, I had to do that the other day because I was trying to find breakdown from 1999, the the uh, WWF pay per view. Yeah, but you but when you look through all the pay per views, you can't find it because they only had one breakdown, so it can't be seasons. So I had to do a, an actual search under the search engine thing to find a breakdown, and it came right up. Listen, listen, you have to find breakdown 57. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, and I have to count them all down. Yeah. That's, yeah. So up next, okay, this is really gonna what's gonna pop you. <laughs> it just so happened around November eighth, nineteen eighty-five, where we're watching this Tuesday Night Titans. Guess what dropped the very next day, on November 9th, nineteen eighty-five, an album that is as classic as classic can be. And you know what that album is, Jay Allison, no. a wonderful audience out there. Wow, yeah. if you guys were living around November, maybe you know you're thinking, okay, you know. It's almost Christmas time, and you know it's almost Thanksgiving. You know what can I get the family? Well, you know what I would have got the family. I would have got them the vinyl of the wrestling album. Oh my god! <laughs> Is that the Hulk Hogan one? That's the one. Yes, yeah, so that's the one that has everybody on there. Like it has oh, yeah. Vince. It has uh, um, mm. Macho Man's on there. Hulk Hogan's on there. Mean Gene, Jesse Ventura's in the front. It's the fir- very first album soundtrack that was put out by the WWF. And yeah, this is this is the one that actually has um, Hulk Hogan's American um, made um, song on it, like the full version of it. Yeah. So is this the one where like Hogan's like singing on it though? Um, I, he could have been on a couple of tracks because this is the one where a lot of hit wrestlers are on different tracks. So we have okay. um, you know Rowdy Piper is on a track. We have Hillbilly Jim's on a track. Uh, oh, Nikolai yeah. Volkov is on a track. Uh, we have Junkyard Dogs on a track. So, uh, yeah. So, I think... Uh, I don't know if Hogan sings on this one. I uh, We have Roddy Piper's on a track. So, I'm not... Yeah, sh- I know Jimmy Hart wrote a bunch of the music for yes. WWF and WCW. Yes. And, and he, he was really heavily involved in that. Yes, yes. Uh, he was too. And then we also have um, Rick Dillinger. Mm-hmm. And he was a guest here on Tuesday Night Times to promote the album with one Vicky Sue Robinson. And Vicky Sue Robinson on this wrestling album did a song with Junkyard Dog and they were promoting that song. And you know what that song is called, Allison? Uh, no. It's called, it called? Grab Them Cakes. <laughs> Grab Them Cakes. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic so this that's... is pretty funny so apparently this is like a cover too because uh, this was originally recorded in 1981 by obscure rap artist Captain Camello who also recorded Dave O Drive O Fly Drive O Flow <laughs> the fuck 
which was covered on Pile Driver, the wrestling album too under the the title Jive So Bro. So I guess I wow. think I think you're thinking about Pile Driver. I think that's the one that Hogan sang on. Maybe, maybe. I I just I know that this was like I got it. This is gonna make me open another beer. But um, so this happened. This was like an '80s thing. This happened a lot in the mid '80s, and I wonder if you what your uh, speculation is on why this was a thing. So like everybody that was anybody that became popular, like in culture beyond their own little niche thing, they, they wanted to release an album about it. And even if they weren't musicians, so like, yeah, the WWE one, the WWF one, because Hulk Hogan was like larger than wrestling. Like he was like the biggest thing in the, probably in the world. And I remember, I think it was the same year. Was it 85, 80, the year the Chicago bears won the world, the, the world series, the Chicago bears won the super bowl. There's a, there's a, there's a song called the super bowl shuffle where the Chicago bears like sing and they made a video for it. And I just wonder why anybody thought this was a good idea other than it was, you know, these things were so big and so popular that it was guaranteed to sell and make money. That's the only thing I can think of, but yeah, pretty much They, you know, they kind of do it to like be, it's kind of like, you know, it's just, I don't know. They just kind of do it just to like build upon the popularity. Say, like, Hey, look at us. We're so popular. We're getting into new avenues now. Right, exactly. And, and you know, and, and this during this time in the 80s, especially by 85, Hulkamania was like the biggest thing. Like everybody in the world knew who Hulk Hogan was. Yes. At least everybody in the United States. It, it, you could probably ask anyone in the United States. I, I, bet, I bet even today, if you just walked up to anyone, random person in the United States and said, name one professional wrestler, they would say Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Most likely. Um you know, they might say Ric Flair, but you know, if if you just asked any random person to name one professional wrestler, they would probably say Hulk Hogan. And I mean, he was—I mean, basically, the WWF's like philosophy was like put Hulk Hogan's face on everything. Yep. Cereal, ice cream bars. That's the way you do, man. You, you got to market that shit. Exactly. So we have some and other good did. tracks on here. Let me read the track <laughs> listing. All right, we have Land of a Thousand Dances, The Wrestlers. Mm-hmm. We already talked about the Junkyard Dog one. So the guys... No, 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 no. Sorry, yes. Land of a Thousand Dances. Yes, I know that song. So we have Rick uh, Deeringer. I, th- I said Dillinger, mm-hmm. but it's Deeringer. Yeah, it's, Rick, it's Deeringer, yeah. De- Deeringer. Do you know who this guy is? Yeah, I know who Rick Deeringer is. He's a very famous guitar player. Okay, well, apparently he... I didn't know this, but apparently he's the one that came up with Real American for for Hulk that Hogan. That doesn't surprise me. That does not surprise me. Um, is this he group? Is, um, he is somebody that is famous, but not like super famous. Gotcha. Um, like like you, um, I don't know. Like I can't think of a single Drick Derringer song off the top of my head. But trust me, he's famous. <laughs> he, like he, um, well, I think he I did, know one. Did, it's called Real American. He did. He did Real American. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's done a lot of like, um, uh, 
Uh, I'm trying to think of his hit single off the top of my head. Uh, Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. Okay. I know you've heard that song. Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. It's from the 70s. I know you've heard that song. But anyway, that's that's Rick Derringer. Um, But he worked with other people mostly. Um, like he worked on uh, some Weird Al Yankovic records and he played, I think he played the guitar on Eat It. Um, uh, he's And he's done a few things. Um and apparently he wrote Real American, which which makes sense because that sounds like something he would do. Uh, Real American's maybe one of the greatest entrance themes of all time. Yeah. By the way. Oh yeah, definitely. So you have Jimmy Hart, Eat Your Heart Out, Rick mm-hmm. Spring Springfield, Captain Lou Abano and Georgie Animal Steel, Captain Lou's History of Music, Captain Lou, all right. WWF All Stars, Hulk Hogan's theme. Okay. I guess maybe Hawkins was using this thing until he turned to real American. Who knows? Maybe. Because um, I know that um, before he did real American, his interest theme was the Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. At one point, which yeah. I think is, you know, that's that's almost like made for wrestling. Yeah, really. exactly. That was a good Yeah. Hulk Hogan's always had really good entrances, music. Yeah. Rowdy, he also had, um, what's that one? Break It Down with the Edge of My Hand? That he uses Hulk Hogan. It's a famous one. Uh, well, I mean, I gen- for Hulk Hogan, I know Real American, and then he used yeah. Voodoo Child. Voodoo Child, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah, that's Voodoo Child. Yeah, good shit. Um, good shit. Yeah, yeah. Jimi Hendrix. We have Rowdy Rowdy Rowdy, Rowdy Piper for everyone. We have Mean Gene Oakland Tutti Fruity. Hillbilly Jim, don't go messing with the country boy. And Nikolai Volkov, Kara Mia, which is apparently wow. a song. They were they were they were bragging <laughs> at the uh, the the Freddie Blassie and Nikolai Volkov uh, segment. Vixen Man kept saying, "Yeah, you guys sang that uh, Kara Mia song on the fucking album." And did you know that it was made from American? They're like, "No, they tricked us." <laughs> that that reminds me of a question I also have. Have for you about Nikolai Volkov, but first this album track listing is making me open another beer. So hold on for that. Yeah, right, buddy, pop him up. So, <laughs> um, brought me so a beer. Nikolai Volkov, I'm assuming, is not actually from Russia. Oh fuck! You're gonna right. Stop me I'm assuming he, he 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 looks oh, like that's he's not fucking my question, Russian. But I'm assuming he's not actually Russian. Um, I think he might be qu- Russian. Okay, well that would that would answer the question that I'm about to ask you. But okay. so his a big deal. This was the you talked about him singing the R- Russian national anthem, and he is um, he that's the thing he's known for. Like he he did it a lot. Yeah. Um, and you know, like my homegrown wrestling for me is not WWF. I really couldn't watch it that much. I could only watch Jim Crockett because I'm from the southeast. And our version of Nikolai Volkov was Nikita Koloff who didn't sing the national anthem. He just like killed people with the Russian sickle. That's yes. about it. Which he was um, way better. So, right. Right. Yes. He was a, he was, he was a badass. but, um, the, um, so if, if Nikolai Volkov is not Russian, although, you know, you just said that he might be, but if he's not Russian, did he actually learn Russian enough to sing the national anthem? Yeah. Cause he's Russia? saying the whole thing when people are booing him, screaming it to him, America. But but is he actually, or is he just making noise? Like, I mean, would we know if it wasn't the Russian national anthem? Uh, well, no. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I probably wouldn't know. 
But I, yeah, I wouldn't either. But he's he's really he's singing. He sings it through the whole way through his entry. You know, uh, when he gets in the ring, and then people are, of course, you know, screaming at him USA and shit. Right. I mean, I know the Iron Sheik was from Iran because he was like a he was like a he was in the Olympics for Iran. Yes. And then he was also a bodyguard for the Sheik of Iran, if if he is to be believed, which may or may not be actually true. But Iron Sheik's a great guy. I I love that guy. Oh so yeah, much. yeah, definitely. Um. So uh, moving on to the, some more TNT. Moving on. Yes, we got uh, we got some. Uh, <laughs> so basically, when the the Rick Dillinger was it? What was the name? Derringer. Rick, Rick Derringer. I don't know why I want to say Dillinger. <laughs> I'm thinking about a Dillinger escape plan. But anyway, Rick D- uh, Dillinger uh, and then the Vicky girl, they're out there, and then Jimmy Hart's just making fun of him the whole time. Uh, so up next, we have Ricky Steamboat. He tells Jimmy to move. And of course, Jimmy's like, oh, he didn't give me the move. And then eventually scares him. He's like, I'm going to go get Terry Funk on your ass. And then this is like fucking Ricky Steamboat. He looks jacked to the gills. Holy shit. Fucking huge. Um, he's just, you know, talking about wrestling and then how, you know, how he compares his uh, athletic body to wrestling and stuff. So kind of very similar to the Bruno San Martino interview of how he does stretches and he does his weight training to match up his his performance in the ring. So very early on, Ricky Steamboat was something, man. And we saw we see a match of him, and he's just like doing some really cool karate. But then his really good drop kicks, a lot of good um, athletics, and you could tell this guy was going to be a big star. And yes, then <laughs> absolutely. So like there is like a really weird segment that happens during the Ricky Steamboat interview on Tuesday Night Titans. We have a poem. From Leaping Lanny Polo. Oh my god. And I don't really know what was going on with this like poem that Leaping Lanny was doing because so it cuts to him and he's like in like knight's armor. Wow. Okay, he's sitting on like a little stool. He's in knight's armor, he has a sword and he has a shield, and he does this poem about like fucking Ricky this dragon steamboat, and I'm thinking, okay. At first, I thought he was like a heel. You know, okay, I get it. You're in knight's armor. You're going to slay the dragon. You know what I mean? But, like, he just yeah. kept taking... He's, like, all he's like talking positive about Ricky Steamboat. And then after that, they come back. They're like, oh, that was a great poem. That was a great poem. He was very nice. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, why the hell was this guy saying a poem in knight's armor? <laughs> so, it's weird. Let's think about it. For a minute let's 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 pump the brakes for just a second and think about this yeah. so this is what we were getting out of wwf right like the wwf fans were watching lenny poffo in knight's armor talking about ricky steamboat yeah two weeks later um if i'm not mistaken this was in starcade 1985 jim crockett um and jim crockett promotions we saw Magnum TA and and uh, Tully Blanchard in a cage match in which Tully Blan I mean uh, Magnum TA tried to stab Tully in the face with a chair leg. So these are two. I mean, this is the two competing things that you have, right? So you've got one one match where a guy stab another guy in the face with a chair leg, and then we have Leaping Lanny. In a in in a in 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 a knight in knight's armor. Well, yeah. Saying a poem. Yeah. Were you not sports entertained? 
I wouldn't. <laughs> I would not be sports entertained by that. Yeah, no. fucking Leapy Lanny Polo talking some random poem. I couldn't even understand what he was saying. It's the fucking poem. He was in his fucking knight's armor. Like, what the hell are you doing? He wasn't even like promoting anything. Was he supposed to be like a dragon rider or something? I have you're, no idea. You're, you're asking me. Um, that's the only thing I can think of is that like trying to put some kind of backstory to this, you know, it's Ricky, Ricky, the dragon, and he's, he's wearing a knight's armor and he's going to slay the dragon. That's, I'm, you know, th- that's the writer in me trying to put a backstory on this thing, but I don't know. You can only polish a turd so much. And yeah. this is, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So we All get right, back, man. we get back to the show and then fucking, uh, uh after they, they they give praise for that fucking weird poem, like a Jimmy Hart comes back and says, "Oh, you fuck, you know, you're horrible and shit." It's like I call Terry Funk is gonna come get you. I know karate too. And then eventually Rick Ricky scares him away. And then fucking you know Jimmy, he's just going crazy on him, just like talking on he just a lot of energy. And then eventually, um, McMahon's like, "Oh yeah, you got a lot of to do with with Jimmy. He he you know he manages Terry Funk. He also manages the Hart Foundation." And then fucking Ricky's like, yeah, I know. But the Hart Foundation, when it comes to me, I'll make them a permanent foundation. I'm sure I'm sure he will. And then that ends our episode, brother, of Tuesday Night Titans. We have all kinds of crazy shit. We have some singing. We have some album. We have Lenny Papo in a knight's armor. We have Jimmy Hart freaking out everywhere. Not a bad episode, but definitely a little weird. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. There, that is the tale of two different stories of... WWF and WCW, but then again, we can say the same thing about WWE and AEW now. So, like I said, things yeah, change, but they true. stay the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, even WWF then was better than it is now, in my opinion. But, yes. but yeah, I mean, AEW, I mean, I've said that from the beginning. It's like the WCW of today. Yeah, definitely. So, do you got anything else for us until we get into this? Transylvania till we chuck ourselves into this Transylvania layer land. Well, well, we haven't really talked about metal. Oh, that was your that was your metal thing. Was well, your, it's kind of metal, your, I guess. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't metal. know who's. I don't know what track would be metal off there. Maybe the uh, Real American. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, sure thing. The only <laughs> thing I have. Um, so there was um, on the day on the day after this movie came out on November the 9th, Wasp released the Last Command, which was their second album. Um, which is probably something we'd be blasting in the Trans Am as oh, we yeah. were driving uh, to uh, Transylvania 65000 because it's got Blind in Texas, which is a hell of a song on it. Yeah, maybe um, I'll play that song on the, the Facebook page. Maybe I'll f- oh, see if yeah. they, they have a video or if they have like a live show of them. I'll, I'll play that on the good old Retro Blood Facebook page. Anybody can join. Anybody can join. It's free. Free to join. Free, free, you free. You can tell us all the things we missed. Yes. You can call if us you, out on everything. Yeah, you can call us out if you if you if you have a YouTube series where you only talk about Transylvania six five thousand, you can uh, you can tell us how we were who wrong the, about who the fuck would have about a fucking... shitting on us. <laughs> I'm pretty sure people are gonna think... look at this and they're like, "What the fuck is this movie?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is definitely definitely uh, uh, an outside thing for us. This is a this is different. This is us doing something different. Yeah, I was trying to be PG on the show, but it just can't happen. No, no, no. Anyway, yes, Transylvania six five thousand. Let's get into it. Yes. Uh. So yes, I don't have anything backstory when it comes to this movie because it's probably not even interesting. But 
Let's get into Transylvania 6-5000. It began as a routine assignment. Transylvania. Where is that? I don't know. It's over there someplace. But beneath the surface. Transylvania. Cute. Cute. Of this happy land. Ah. Horror awaits them. Ah. I'm investigating Frankenstein. You mean the monster? And a terrible secret lurks in the shadows. Oh. I'm terribly sorry. We thought you were an animal. He is. Now they're discovering the truth. Did you see Dracula? Yeah, yeah, when it first came out. About the creatures of the night. Shut up, you low life. I am low. I'm low. The curse of the undead. Huh? Did you want to hurt me? Hurt you? No. Bite you? The terror of the full moon. Oh, yeah, I'm going into town. And the monster that science created. Full house. But could not destroy. Does this hurt? Does this hurt? Good. Everything hurts. Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Ed Begley Jr. Hi, ladies. Joseph Bologna. Oh. And Gina Davis. Tell me you want me to. <laughs> For a good time, call. Transylvania 6 5000. <laughs> it's good, huh? All right, so we. we Okay, so the one thing that's very interesting about this movie is Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. He plays the Jack character. And. Mm-hmm. So I knew Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park. That was my yeah, first yeah. Uh, seeing him on the screen. Yeah, from your age, I would say that's accurate. But I do know that he was in The Fly, yes, which is a was. great movie. And we will be doing it on the show at one yes. point. Yes, because I was thinking, you know, The Fly is like one of those movies where I, that that would be a perfect movie for like a, a science fiction month for the Retro Blood. I would yeah. say. Yep, so, we would so, do that. And it's very interesting where the fly, I guess the one that he was in, um, came out a couple years after this movie. Mm-hmm. So, go ahead. No, I was thinking, I was trying to think of, because, so you can, <laughs> one thing funny about Jeff Goldblum's character, like, to me, Jeff Goldblum is sort of a goofy guy. Yes. Like, he just, he looks kind of goofy and he just acts kind of goofy. But if you look back, like in his his um, early roles, like when he's a and he's in a bit part, like he's in Death Wish, uh, one or two, I think it's one, um, where he plays like a criminal, and it's just so weird to see him acting like a criminal. Yes, because he's just so goofy, and it's just so weird to see. Um, but you know, he's he he has such a comedic take on everything. Um, which I think made the fly even better because he's not comedic in that at all. Yeah. But um, that's why I wanted but, to bring you know, it up because he did this, you know, this movie was released in November of 1985. And then he, he pretty much, I, I would assume like almost right after this film was done, he was like getting close of making the fly because the fly came out August 15th of 1986. Yeah. So you so talk about the tale of two different style movies. <laughs> right. But I, I mostly knew him as a as more of a comedy actor, other than The Fly, because um, he was in. Um, well, I do remember that he was in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the nineteen seventy eight version, which is one of my favorite movies. He is in that, but I remember he was in The Big Chill, and he was in The Ventures of Buckaroo Banzai, and 
and mostly comedy. So I think of him as mostly a comedy actor, except for The Fly. Um, and then Transylvania Six Five Thousand, I think is you know it's a comedy. It's it's straight up his alley for uh, the things he would be, he would be doing. I think. I only knew him as the mathematic scientist in Jurassic Park, Ian Mac- mm-hmm. Malcolm. What a great yeah. character. Right, which is perfect for him because he can. It's kind of a serious role in a way, yes. but he can use his comedic talents too. Exactly. There's a lot of really good people in this movie, though. It had a really good cast of really famous actors in it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about some of them. So we also have Gil. We have Gil and Jack. They're like the main people. Yeah. So the first thing we see is basically some kid going up to the door saying, take my picture, and then some monster attacks him and walks him away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then this is when we meet Jack and Gil. All right. They, they're looking at the tape, and they are reporters. And this is like when we get like the the guy the I guess the the Jonah Jameson of this movie the main reporter guy <laughs> saying like he's the editor yes yeah, the J Jonah Jameson yes. of the newspaper that's yeah. the, that's played the, by Norman uh, Fell yeah exactly no, yeah Norman Fell played Mr Roper in Three's Company I love Three's Company that's what that's that's what I know him from but yeah Norman Fell plays the editor. And he's all bitching at everybody. Like, this is what we need. We need to get you guys to go to Transylvania. We need you to get this stuff. And, uh, you know, Jack was like, listen, man, well, I'm like a serious writer and stuff. No, you're not. Maybe you fucked up that story. And he was like, no, my fault. fault. It was like Rake Factory. It was supposed to be Rope Factory. Dude, that shit was fucking funny. Dude, that made me, dude, I was crying laughing when that shit happened. When he was like, he's like, he's like remember that story I did about um, work, about, um, uh, working conditions in the yeah. factory. <laughs> and he's like, and when it came out, the, the headline said, um, women forced to work in rape factory. <laughs> and I was like, holy fuck, that's funny as shit. Yeah. And he's like, that's a typo. That's a typo, yeah. <laughs> and then Matt is, is all saying this is crap. He's like, yes, this is crap. Crap sells. We want crap. Okay, we want crap because it sells. <laughs> and then apparently the Jack and they don't really get along too well. And he's basically saying, hey, you need you guys to get on this bus because you're going to Transylvania right now. And this is this is another part of the was like, where's Transylvania? And the guy's like, I don't know. It's over there somewhere. It's over there. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie did have some pretty... Transylvania to this, look for this Frankenstein. Movie, yes, this movie did have some pretty good, like, random one-liners. The only complaint I have with this movie is, like, this, this, is, I, this is definitely, like, a comedy thing they used to do back in the day. Like, they just, like say shit like they just like quick they say quick you know what i mean like quick like they don't yeah. they don't let the jokes sink in they just fucking just say a bunch of stuff yeah so. it's it's very um so the guy that directed this um worked on some mel brooks movies and this is what it reminded me of i had never seen this movie before until we watched it but i was really familiar with it um but it reminded me of a mel brooks movie like blazing saddles or or um uh, like Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein is a better, better version of this movie, I would say. But, um, but it, you know how it's like Mel Brooks movies kind of do that too, where they have that like they'll say this thing and it's funny, or like an airplane is a good example too, like where they'll say this thing and it's really funny, but it's almost like deadpan, like it's not like they don't give you any, they don't give any time to laugh. They'll just say this thing that's really funny. And then they'll just move on immediately and do and into other dialogue. Yep. That's a that's a very Mel Brooks thing, and this movie does it a lot. Oh yeah, a whole lot. 
I'm surprised I even got the fucking notes on here. <laughs> so this is when like they're bringing up like the guy wants a story about Frankenstein, and he's like, the book? It's not real. It's like, yeah, you go to Transvania and get a story about Frankenstein. Um, and then there's this like, it's like, uh, the Gil is like kind of like, hey, you know, like, I, I, you know, I don't want to come here under, you know, they're just kind of going back for they don't want to do it. And he's all like, he tells Jack, the editor tells Jack, like, you better do it, all right, or else you guys are going to be fired. And then the girl's like, well, I'm your son. And the guy's like, prove it. <laughs> all right. Um, and then, like, you know, this is basically, they're walking outside, and then the, uh, the editor's like, hey, I need a good headliner coming out of you guys when you go to Transylvania. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, what are we going to do? So then we get the whole intro of them Going to Transylvania, which has the Transylvania main song. Transylvania 65000. It's like very 80s. Yes. And we have the train in snow. We see a bunch of Transylvania signs everywhere. Um, this is when the Jack and the girl, they have arrived. Um, they keep saying, oh yeah, this place looks nice. It's all doom and gloom. It actually looks cute. Uh, this is when Jack now sees a blonde. All right. And the blonde, we find out his name is her name is Elizabeth. With her daughter, Lori. And Jack tells uh, Gil to go play with the kid while he flirts with the girl. And it's really weird, too, because, like, he flirts with her and she rejects him. But he keeps trying. So, our boy Jack, he ain't playing around. Like, he sees a tale that he likes. He's gonna gonna keep keep going. And then they kept talking about, you know, why they're here and everything. Um... That eventually, like, you know, Gil's playing with the little girl. He says, over here. Then we, then we finally meet, um, uh, we finally meet uh, somebody to arrive him. He's like, oh, Americans, welcome to Transylvania. <laughs> so they're all here now. They get, they keep saying some jokes and shit. And they're like, oh, how do you Mar- Americans say until the cows come home? <laughs> all right. So, and then they got like, they check into the hotel. Um, Elizabeth says, like, you know, so Elizabeth's about to check into the hotel, and Jack's like, I'm staying in another hotel, but can I call you? Like, he's still flirting with her the whole time, and then eventually they go off, and then this is when Gil talks to the guy about, hey, you know, do you know anything about Frankenstein around here? And then the guy starts laughing a little bit, and then he transfers to the maid, and then the maid turns it to everybody else, and this is when we have the mayor all laughing at him. This had me dying too, where they're all like, uh. he's, he's like asking about Frank. And, 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 so Gil's played by Ed Begley Jr., who's also a really famous actor. But he's like asking the mayor if he's if he knows anything about Frankenstein. Yeah. And they all start laughing. I mean, and then, yeah, and then they're all laughing at him because he's like telling everybody that oh, he's here. Look, this America's dumb Americans here looking yeah. for Frankenstein, and then they're all laughing. And then when uh, Jack comes in, he's like, "What's everybody laughing about?" And Gil's like, "Listen, man, I told him about Frankenstein." He's like, and then like under his breath, Gil's like, yeah, "I was talking about Frank Sinatra." <laughs> <laughs> huh. 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 Did I kill you over there? Yeah. Frank Sinatra, yeah. All right, all right, yeah. This is like dumb comedy, okay? It, so, it's, it's very dumb comedy, yeah. but it's it, at this point, it's fucking funny. Yeah. I feel like by the end of the movie, it starts to drag a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, but, it definitely drags. But yeah. at this point, it's still pretty funny. 
Yeah, and then the mayor goes on saying, like, oh, yeah, we got all of them here. We got Dracula. We have Creatures of the Black Lagoon. We have the Blob. It's like, it's like they're all leaving the shame. So we, we get some random homeless lady who comes into the picture later. And this is when they arrive to the castle. All right? And I feel like right when they arrive to this castle, this is where the, this cra- <laughs> the funny part about when they arrive to this castle, it says, opening soon, and we take American Express. Yes. Oh, that part was nice. So we get a door. They knock on the door, and this is when we meet the butler. All right, which yes. this guy, I couldn't even say his fucking name. Like, let me see if I can figure out what the guy's name was. I think his name was Figos. Figos the butler. Yes, the guy that's played by Michael Richards, right? Yes. Yeah, Figos. 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 Yeah, he's the guy from Seinfeld. He played I Kramer. fucking knew it. That's Kramer, yeah, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, <laughs> I fucking knew it. I was like, that motherfucker's the Kramer guy. He yeah, looked. He looked a lot. He looked a lot younger in this movie, but honestly, well, he was. He was yeah. a lot younger. <laughs> so he but, was um, weird. Yeah. Like he was playing like a doll. He was playing like a one of those uh, ventriloquist doll at first and it's shit. Like a, yeah, like a ventriloquist doll. Yeah, then he brings it aside, beats it up for a little bit, and they were just like they were looking confused, and they just come into the hotel, and his whole thing is like, oh, it's funny, it's good, it's good, it's good, and they're like, hey, would you guys, you know, like some lunch in here? Um, so they all go into the to the kitchen. They're like, kind of like looking through the rooms and stuff, and then they uh, they eventually go to the uh, the kitchen. They eventually go to the uh, where they're gonna be eating their dinner, and the mayor's there too. Um, the mayor, let's see, Mayor Lupicio, it's played by Jeffrey Jones. Yeah, Jeffrey Jones' character is. Uh, 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 isn't it like Lepescu or something? Yeah, like Pescu. Yeah, yeah. God, they're, they're probably like these fucking rednecks can't even say their fucking name. Yeah, yeah I can't I'm, say their names. All right, I can't say their names. Fucking crazy names. Anyway, so he, he's there and uh, he's just checking people in, and then eventually, um, uh, the uh, the but the butler, Fujos, he yeah. brings up all the uh, the bags and shit. Uh, let's see. So, this is one like kind of like they're they're at they're they're about to go eat, but then they're asking the mayor about like, hey, you know, you know what's going on in this place? You guys got any kind of like monsters hanging around stuff? It's like, oh, there's no monsters around here. Just a very crazy phone bill. And then basically, the mayor his plan is to make this castle, which I guess maybe used to be Dracula's castle. He's gonna make it into a a hotel. Where they can have a bunch of tourists come to Transylvania, and he's trying to make Transylvania kind of like the spot to be, like yes. a good tourist spot to get in some more money. And they they said this, but like they said it really fast and very com- comedic way. Uh, let's see. And then this is when they we, we they're about to go get some food, and then this is when we actually meet the apparently it's the. Uh, the helper, I guess. They call him the helper. Radu. Huh? Uh, we talk about Radu. Yeah, Radu. The helper. Yes. <laughs> it calls everybody master. Yes, he calls everybody <laughs> master. Yes. So he goes in there to go get some grapefruit from his wife, Loopy. Loopy, played by Carol Kane. She was great in this. I and then Carol they're Kane. like, 
back and forth, like touchy feely, not touchy feely, all this kind of shit. And they eventually get some grapefruit. And his thing is like, yeah, they were like, a, they were a very interesting couple. Um, this is when Vidros makes some more jokes. All right. And then, and then he's like, hey, do you want some cream? How about some cream? Smell it. Smell it. Smell the sugar. Oh, here, here. Smell this. <laughs> smell this glass. Smell this everything. <laughs> I thought that part was pretty funny. We were telling him to smell everything. You, you, you want cream? Huh? It's good. You cream? No, no, no. Thank you. No, no. Smell is good. I can smell it. It's fresh. It's very smell. fresh. Take it out of there. No, but it smells good. Thank you. No cream? Hey, sugar. It's good, it's nice. Very nice. You smell that. Yeah? Smell it. It's good. Mmm. Yeah. This good. Smell this. Smell everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you smell this. Smell the glass. That's good. Very <laughs> nice. Eat, eat, eat. You got it. Just a little bit. Do it again. And then the uh, the phone goes off. All right. Yeah. And the phone's like a, like a it's like a like an alligator. And the mayor's like, oh shit, it bit me. <laughs> so the phone ringtone, the the song that it's playing, yeah, is like a play on the name of this movie. So this, so the song song that it's playing is called is a um. Song as a really old big band song called um, Pennsylvania Six Five Thousand, yep. which this movie is kind of a play on the name of that. But that's the song that it's playing every time the phone rings. Yes. So we got the helper. He's back in the kitchen with Loopy, and he has to get mints. He has to get mints so badly he has to get these mints. And then when he gets to get everybody a mints, they all tell him, "I don't want any." <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Okay, so this is when the mayor says, "Hey, I gotta, go, I gotta get out of here. We got some, um, some inspections to do, and then you guys, you know, could do your thing and look around the castle. Let me know if you have any questions." So now Jack, he's staying, and Gil, uh, and then so Jack wants to stay here in the castle and look around. Gil wants to look around town. All right, so Gil's looking around town, um, and then eventually goes from that tower that we saw in the videotape at the beginning of the movie. He looks around, and then this is when we get the chief inspector. This is where we meet him. And before we meet him, a chandelier falls. And the chief's like, oh, those old chandeliers, they just seem to fall around all the time. And this is Inspector Peercrick. All right? So sure. he's the inspector, the chief, the, 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 the police officer guy. And then he eventually gets a little weirded out. And then Gil runs away. Yeah, and then Gil's like, oh, I'm in the wrong church. And he runs away. Jackson's on the phone now. And he wants dinner with Elizabeth. And uh, Gil tries to keep knocking in. But then, like, back and forth, Jack's like, no, no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta knock before. Or you gotta say hello. You gotta do stuff. So we got some more comedy between the two of the guys. Oh, this movie was kind of hard to follow along with, so give me a little patience here. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that it's much easier to watch. You almost have to watch this. It's so yeah. quick. Like the jokes are so funny, or not funny. Well, they are funny, but like yeah. a lot of the jokes are just so quick. 
that it's just like if you don't see them, it's hard to explain what they're like. Yeah. So I'm just going to do some overviews of the shit. So, yeah. you know, so basically the, the Jack now is, uh, you know, he has this date he wants to go on, but Jill keeps telling him, like, the chief of the police is, like, kind of, like, timid- intimidating him and stuff. And they're like, okay, we'll research him later. Uh, and then this is when we get the little butler guy. I can't even say his. Figos coming in. He's fucking being weird. And he has, like, a leg and a hand coming off. This is when they go visit the gypsy. All right, they yes. visit this gypsy. She says a bunch of weird shit. Um, she's our, basically her story is she's talking about that the town, two people from the town that was her family members have turned into werewolves and they are destroying the town. And she wants to see if they can go and help her son who has been turned into a werewolf. And then she sleeps and she bangs her head. <laughs> and then some guy just replaces the globe. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like Jeff Golden, I think he, like she 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 falls down and bangs her head, and Jeff was like, "I think this is all she's gonna tell us." <laughs> <laughs> so we're at night, and Jack and Gil they're waiting for the werewolf. Uh, Gil wants to uh, ask some questions to the werewolf and stuff. Um, they see the guy walking around. They chase after the, the it's supposed to be like the the husband the 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 guy at the game sorry. It's supposed to be the werewolf guy. Uh I think his name was Loomis or something. And they're like chasing him around. They eventually caught him. They think he's turning into a werewolf, but he's just trying to get some ass. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like they're like, Oh shit, my bad. And then there's then Jeff Goom is like, Man, I didn't know we we're gonna take a picture of his ass. <laughs> yeah. So. And then the guy was just like, oh, one funny line that the guy did who was making out with the girl and the wolf, he is all like, he's like, what, what is this? Who sent you, my wife? It's like, oh, no, man, we, we thought you were an animal. It's like, and then the girl was like, he is an animal. He is an animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now we have Jack and Elizabeth. They have now have their dinner. So our boy Jack was able to get secure a dinner. And then uh, she's talking about her ex-husband, Elizabeth is. And the this is when Elizabeth asks why Jack is here. Jack's like, oh shit, well, you know, I came here to investigate Frankenstein. And then Elizabeth like, starts making fun of him and starts laughing about it. And then this is when we have Gil, he's asleep. And this is when we see our lady vampire. Who oh, yeah. was definitely yes? Who was definitely the hottest, uh, de- the, the 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 best eye candy of this movie was definitely her. The, the whole movie, she was she looked great. Yeah. she kind of looked yeah, like a did. something from. She had like a kind of like a, something from like Rocky Horror Picture Show, you know, in that kind of yeah. vein. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, like yeah. she looks kind of like Vampirella, sort of. Yeah. But yeah, like something from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Where she 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 plays like a nymphomaniac vampire. Yes, which so, is fucking. It's yes. Great. Yeah. So he keeps like Gil keeps waking up. She vanishes. He keeps going back and forth like that, which is kind of weird because you know at the end we find out she's not really a vampire. How did she like disappear like that? No yeah, spoilers for everybody, but yeah. Fuck it. Well, anyway, we're a spoiler podcast. Fuck you. Yes. Yeah, so, so anyway, so after he gets to that part. You know, they're talking, and eventually she freaks him out, but she all she wants to do is basically t- kiss him and, and be all over him and shit, and he's like, he doesn't know what to think. He actually, like, knocks on the door, 
and says, oh, somebody's at the door. And he goes there, and then she disappears. Yeah, yeah he knocks on the floor, right? Yeah, the floor, yeah, to make it look like yeah. the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the part where she's, like, smushing his face in her boobs. Yes. Yeah, and he, he's try, she's trying to talk to him, and he's like, rrr, 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 rrr. Yep, yep. and then he, like, bangs on the floor, and then I assume she went back through the little thing in the wall. Remember, like, they're... Like they have that little, he's trying to find that little passage in the wall or whatever. Yes. And then the wall opens up and she comes out of it. But yeah. So this is when we have um, the, uh, the, the servant and loopy. They're cleaning a bunch of mirrors. They run into Gil. They keep calling him master. Gil's like, Oh, you don't need to call me master. Uh, You could just tell me Gil. (laughs) It's like, okay, Gil master. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I think I enjoyed this movie more than you did. Yes. Yes. I don't know. Some of the shit was just going through my head. I was like, oh, that's, that was just, I guess it was stupid funny. But it was, it was like, stupid funny, uh, but I can't remember if we've got to this point yet, but I, I have a feeling this is something you'll skip over. But have we got to the point where um, the butler is trying to do, so he keeps trying to do all these like magic, not magic tricks, but like old comedy routines. And if you got, we got the part where he's doing the banana peel thing yet. Uh, I don't know, but the, but the grapefruit. I feel like we no, like so, I feel like we should have like this should have happened already in the movie. So like that part where he's walking around with Gil, yeah, and um, and he's like, or Gil's like trying to leave. He's like trying to leave the cat, the hotel, yeah. the castle hotel, and then uh, Michael Richards as the butler standing outside, and he's like, he's like, hold on a second, and he puts a banana peel on the steps. And okay. he's like, he's like, and then he's like, oh, watch me. And he's like, and he's like, literally saying like, he's like, oh, watch me. And he's like, I'm minding my own business. And he's like whistling and he walks up to the mana peel and then he like pretends to slip on it and he like falls on his back. Yes. That's coming up soon. Yes. I know you're talking oh. about. Yes. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. You're good. I did it too soon. Eh, it's all right. So Gil, he, he, so he's making his way up. Um, and then he asked the mayor like, hey, are we the only guest here? He's like, yeah, yeah. We open to the public in two weeks. All right, and he's always like, "Yes." He's like, "What do you guys see in here? Did you see Dracula?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is when um, Gil finds out that there there's something go- that they need to find this doctor. So there's this doctor who mm-hmm. apparently is in the town, uh, Doctor Malavik. That's what I got out of it, yeah. So, Doctor, he's basically yeah, like, um, yeah. he's basically the character of, um, what's that one where the guy, he's normal, but then he like has split personality. Yeah. Doctor Clyde, isn't it? Like, isn't, I forgot the, the character, the, the character that they're trying to mirror this guy off. Whereas basically the Doctor Gill is trying to find because his doctor is, is, he has some records of, of dealing with like different, different supernatural things that they're, they're wondering about. So he goes mm-hmm. to like this mental hospital or this hospital go there and he's going up and down on the, uh, the, the, he's basically trying to peek over to the asylum and trying to peek not. And I like the, the funniest part of it. He's actually <laughs> hanging on the wall and these old ladies walk by and staring at him funny. Where <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's just like leaning on the wall, but he's like hanging off the top of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then you know, like 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 you were saying, Allison, this is when the guy was flipping on the banana peel before that. Yeah, yeah, and then he's like, um, 
And he's like, no, you can do it too. And he, and he throws the banana peel out and then yeah. he's like leaving and he's like holding on to the back of his coat. He's like, okay, we're running now. Yes. So this is when Jack shows up and like, hey, you know, you got to get inside there. And he's like, I got a plan. He's like, okay. He like says like, he goes over there. He's like, this fence, electricity? No, it's fine. So he goes up there and right when he's like halfway up, it's, Jack was like, patient, you're trying to escape. And they grab him and they take him away. <laughs> and then... um. Yeah, he's like looking around a bit. This is the part where Gil breaks in. Yeah, yeah, and and then the the security guard walks up to him and asks him if she if he's had his medication. Yeah, yeah. yeah if he's had his medication, yep. Yeah. And he's like, "Not today." And she's like, "Get him back inside." <laughs> yes. So that's and, how he gets inside the mental asylum. Yes, and then during all this stuff, like the the mayor and then the the inspector, they're basically trying to cover up. <clears throat> about the uh, the monsters and the demons around there because they just they don't want Transylvania to be known as that. Mm-hmm. All right, and so eventually, when he is in the sand slime, he actually escapes a little bit. Um, the the way he escapes is like Jack's like, oh, patient, you know, getting outside, and they push him out of there and stuff. <laughs> and they basically want to start monitoring who is going in and out of this patient asylum. Mm. Yeah, so at this point, it's a mystery. Yes. So they know they have to find the guy in there, but he wasn't there, basically. The doctor that they were looking for, he wasn't in there. And then they see a bunch of cops come in there. Then they see the chief, and the, the, they know something's going on with the mayor and then the inspector the whole time. All right, so the doc calls. Uh, so this is when we have the doctor, which is that, that Melvin guy. He's kind of like the, uh, the split personality doc. He's calling the hotel. Um, it's to like try to get to talk to the mayor because I guess he's in cahoots with the mayor about uh, working on certain people. All right, so basically what's happened is the doc wants to go. He he calls up um, the helper, the little hunchback helper guy. Radu. Yeah, Radu. And he's like, hey, master, we'll meet you. So he meets him in the lair. And then this is when we get a bunch of stuff about the doctor like, oh, is it the... So I guess the, the the doctor guy, he's fine until he goes into his lair. Then he turns into a mad scientist. All right? So now he's a mad scientist. He's, he's saying a bunch of stuff about this person got out, this person got out, what's happening with all my creatures, and, you know, count the rabbits and all this shit. So they do all that. And then he basically sends them out... Um, because I guess one of the patients that is supposed to be Frankenstein has left, and they want they he wants Freepo to go find this guy. He wants to go find the fucking thing. All right, all right. So I'm just gonna skip most of this shit. Anyway, so after this, um, okay. So this is when the chief and the mayor and the inspector they're looking at the grave. All right. They're kind of looking at it like, oh, crap, you know, he lied to us. He 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 said, like, he didn't dig up any bodies or do anything, but he's lying to us. So they're trying to, and then eventually the mayor kind of wants it to let it be known, but the inspector says, no, we cannot let this be known. Let's go question him later. So, yeah, he's basically fine until he goes into the laboratory. Then he turns into some sort of, like, crazy monster man. And he's fucking just, like, telling hey, this guy escaped. He's, he's given... Uh, the helper, he's telling them to fucking go find all these, the Frankenstein guy who escaped and go find all his monsters to bring him back over here uh, because he doesn't want them all to be all set on the loose and then he's 
counting his rabbits to make sure these rabbits are still alive. <laughs> and this is when we get um, the couple, a couple more interaction. Um, so the dog has the split personalities, like we were saying. Um, this is when he's showing off the mummy too. There's like a mummy there that he's working on. Um, this is when we see the vamp girl. She's around as well. Uh, so this is when we get to Jack and Elizabeth. Elizabeth, they're on a picnic. All right. Um, okay. They're on a picnic, and then they got uh, Laurie. She's like doing around. He's gonna go in for a kiss, but then Elizabeth eats a banana instead. All right. So then now uh, Gil meets with Jack. He's like telling him like, "Hey, um, I think this doctor is planning on you know releasing this stuff out to the wild and." Apparently, like the mayor and the inspector, they're they're making something called a like a wine festival that's going to be happening pretty soon. And then, and then this is when Gil's also telling like, "Hey, I also had like this visit from this crazy Dracula girl. She tried to kiss me." And then, uh, and then this is when Elizabeth she starts looking for Laurie. She can't find her. And then this is when the Frankenstein monster finds Laurie and takes her. And then, of course, Jack and all of them, they're all splitting up now. So Jack's like, hey, let's all split up. Let's go find Lori. We can cover more ground. Uh, first, we get Gil. He runs into... It's weird. He's on a tree. Then he falls onto the Frankenstein. Or I guess like a different Frankenstein or whatever the thing. He kind of looks like some goth dad. That's what I put on my notes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then he gets into the water and something grabs his nuts. And then he freaks out and he goes back. Uh, this is when Jack, he, Jack's in the forest now. He hears some stuff in the bushes. He thinks it's just that guy getting some ass again. But it's actually the real wolf guy. And they start attacking each other. Eventually, Gil grabs him. Well, actually, I thought it was pretty funny where the wolf guy gave Jack a bear hug. <laughs> <laughs> and then Gil jumps on his back. They run away. Uh, this is when the mayor and the inspector day show up. Uh, Jack's like saying like, Hey man, we got a wolf guy out here and stuff. He's like, no, 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 we don't. He's like, we need, let's go get prepared for the wine festival. And then they take him away. He's like, wine festival. How could you think about that? At a time like this. And they drag him away. And this is when the mayor is like, Hey, maybe we should like tell the, the townsfolk at this wine festival. What's going on over here. And the guy's like, no, we cannot do that. Transylvania used to be, people used to run in their houses and be scared of Frankenstein and all these monsters coming to get them. We will not tell them at all. So the mayor is kind of like open to telling everybody. Um, the inspector is like, now. Uh, so now we're back in the evil doctor's lair's cage. And he has the wolf guy back. And then we have the, the wolf guy. Basically, has Gil on the table. And he's like, and the guy's like, the doctor's like, what am I supposed to do with this guy? I was like, well, man, he scared me, man. Like, I was trying to pick a piss and stuff. And this guy, like, wouldn't get off my back. So I brought him in here. And this wolf guy, like, he looks like freaking, his costume is like pretty lame. Like, well, I mean, what do you expect? Yeah, like the what I, I uh, hopefully the uh, the next wolf guy episode we do is gonna be a lot better than this wolf guy. <laughs> so we have the vamp girl. She's all tied up. She really loves the guy. Um, she said, you know, she wants to be with him. She loves him and stuff. And um, this is when we get um, Jack. He is now in the police station, and. He's like, what am I going to get out of here? And the guy's like, oh, how do you make it say until the cows come home? Home. 
And then eventually Elizabeth comes in there, puts a face against his head, knocks him out. She gets Jack out of the cave or the uh, the uh, jail, and she's all like, she's like, hey, you know, wh- where's your friend at? You know, where's the where's Lori? Where's the police? And Jack's like, well, I think the police are like, uh, I, they're like, they're, they're taking a vacation. They're at the wine festival. She's like, wine festival? What the hell? At a time like this, I'm gonna go meet them. And she's like, okay, well, I say I'll meet you in town. So. So now Jack goes up to the gypsy girl and says, hey, I believe you about the werewolf now. And then she starts talking about some crazy gypsy shit. I couldn't understand what she was saying. And then um, now Frankenstein is now playing cards with Lori. And this is when we see the the helper guy come out there. And he is going to, he has, he has got orders from the crazy mad scientist to bring Frankenstein back home. And he is now going to eat through his ass. And so we have a big scene of the helper guy and Loopy trying to like ether this fucking big guy. And eventually, yes. <laughs> eventually Loopy ties his legs. Right? Uh, then they put him in a tractor with Lori and they bring him back to the evil doctor's lair. And then Doc kisses Frankenstein because he likes him to be back now. Uh, then this is when Jack finds the lair. He's like, man, man, what have you done? Have you killed my friend Gil? And Gil wakes up and Gil's like, what a story. <laughs> and then the butler starts attacking because he doesn't want any stories to happen. The wolf guy grabs Jack, calls him a communist. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then Jack escapes. And then the the uh, they throw, like eventually there's a, the, a tuffle between Jack and the, and the doctor. And eventually the 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 um the helper gets thrown into the coffin. Uh, the vamp girl is trying to unhook Gil, and he's trying to take off his pants. <laughs> and then the vamp girl tells him, "Hey, just get him out of this room." And then we get him out of this room because something I forgot to tell earlier is like when the doc is well, I said this before that when the doc is not in his lair, he's just a normal person, and he keeps right. asking people, "Oh, you want an espresso? How about an espresso?" And then when he goes into his lair, he's a crazy man. <laughs> yes. That's what he kept doing this whole time. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's expressive. And he kept going back and forth, back and forth. And then eventually, um, they reveal where Lori's at. She's there. And Frankenstein breaks out of his cage and takes her and he runs away. And the, the crazy doctor, who's not crazy anymore, tells him, I know where he's they're going. They're going in the town. And this is when we see a bunch of scenes of Frankenstein bringing Elizabeth and uh, bringing. This is when we see Frankenstein bringing Laurie into town and everybody else going into town too. So Elizabeth comes to the town because we are now now at the wine festival. All right, they all they're all getting there. Um, Laurie starts to sleep sleep a little bit, and then Elizabeth freaks out on all the police guys, and then eventually the the, the police and the mayor get her out of there. All right. But before that, everybody screams saying, oh, it's Frankenstein. And then Frankenstein shows up with Elizabeth. Oh, Frankenstein shows up with Lori in his hands, puts her down. Yeah. At first, they think she killed her, but she was just sleeping. And then eventually, yes. they're all like, you know, fight Frankenstein. They're sorry, fight. Uh, he's the, the inspector sends the police on Frankenstein. And then they eventually light the torches to get him. 
typical Frankenstein scene. Yes. So we're having a lot of tropes in this movie. Like this movie does a lot of the 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 normal Frankenstein tropes and stuff. They're just trying to make it in more of a comedic style fashion. Yeah. It's like a spoof. Yes. Almost. So eventually we get a Frankenstein on because they want to burn him. They got him some sort of like like Wicker Man fucking thing on there. <laughs> and yeah. this is when Jack and Gil show, show up and and they show up with the doctor too saying, no, what are you guys doing? This is not really Frankenstein. This is just some sort of like patient that I had that I did reconstructive surgery on. And nobody's, <laughs> and then they're all not believing because they're, they're an angry mob. And then eventually Gil joins the mob and he keeps like swaying them. And then, you know, the, the mayor and the inspector were, like, saying, like, no, this is Frankenstein. We must kill him. We must destroy him. And it was going back and forth, back and forth. And then one line was all, like, um, and then the, the best line was when the inspector was, like, are you guys going to hear these words from these crazy madmen? These, like, these crazy, these two journalistic madmans and this crazy doctor. And then, like, Jill, because he's, like, he's been, like, manipulating the whole crowd. He's, like, no, we're not. And he's, like, oh, shit. I wasn't supposed to say that. and then after all this um the other crew arrives where we have the the uh um the vampire girl the werewolf uh loopy the helper doctors everybody's there all right and then this is when we're going like oh crap it's a werewolf oh no it's not really a werewolf it's just this uh guy uh larry or whatever Lame Larry. Yeah, Larry. He just has this condition <laughs> where he just has a bunch of hair. Larry the werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then then they see a mummy. They're like, oh, it's a mummy. It's alive. It's like, no, it's not really a mummy. It's this girl I did like plastic surgery on. She used to be called Ugly uh, uh, Ugly Hannah. Let's see a look. And then they take her out there, and she's just some like hot girl with tits. <laughs> yeah. And then of course, this whole oh, time yeah. the chief is like, we got these are monsters. We got to destroy these monsters and stuff. And then they're like, what about the vampire girl? It's like, oh, it's not really a vampire girl. She just has fake teeth. She just pretends she's is. <laughs> and he's like, well, what about Frankenstein? He's like, no, that's not Frankenstein. That's, uh, I didn't catch his name, but let's just say that's Charles. Fucking Charles, he was just in a bad car accident. It was a car accident. We yeah. brought him to the sanctuary. I did plastic surgery on him. I did the best I could, but he, he was too scared to be out in the normal world, so I just kept him hidden because he... He is 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 ashamed of what people are going to look like him, and they were going back and forth, back and forth, and then eventually they all realized, like, oh yeah, everybody's talking, you know, saying this is right. So, and they all agreed that they're going to. They, there's not monsters in this town. It's actually just people with rare deformities. And what what makes this happen is when Loopy and um the the helper guy, the chief is all saying it's like no. It, it, I think that the inspector and the the inspector was like, "Hey, well, what about this kid's child? Look at this guy. And there's a kid who like he didn't stand up straight. His like hands are or or going way back. And this is when the the helper. This is like his kid, and he was all standing up for his kid, and says, "I'm not going to call you master anymore. You should give me some respect and everything." And then the kid stands up straight and everything, and then eventually everybody starts dancing, having a good time. And then this is when Gil makes out with the vampire girl. He said yeah. she thought she was ugly because of her nose. The doctor says I gave her a nose job and she wasn't ugly. <laughs> and this is when we get the... I actually wrote all these down. So this is when Jock is like, oh yeah, we're going to get some great headlines now. We're going to get some good news. Yeah, we got some great shots and everything. And I guess their paper is called The Sensation. 
Yes. And this is the stories that they came out with this whole movie. All right, tell me if you would buy any of these for a quarter. Uh, Frankenstein lives. Reveals, reveals enormous bolt. All right. Transylvania exposed. Mummy really a daddy. That was, this is a weird one. Mummy really a daddy. Really a daddy, yes. <laughs> this is That's like fantastic. a... Okay, I'm not going to ask that. Okay. What was it? Is there like a joke there? Well, well, I don't get it. No, I think it's just like all these, like they just wrote all these sensational headlines that Norman Fell's character wanted from the beginning. Gotcha. Yeah, mummy really a daddy. Wolfman cured. Win surfing contest. <laughs> that one I don't really get, but yeah. Killer bees found in gypsies wrinkles. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, Butler comedic plays Royal Rock concert barfs on Prince. <laughs> Doc performs vasectomy on himself. <laughs> Did I say that right? Yeah. Vasectomy. Yeah. Vampire sucks town dry. <laughs> But that's funny based on like everything she did throughout the movie where she's yes. like a nymphomaniac. Yeah, that makes that's sense. That's the joke. Okay. Servant, servant and wife confess. We never had real humps. Okay. <laughs> well, that, that was like, because remember that whole thing where they're in the uh, the uh, mad scientist laboratory? I think it's where the scene where they're in the scientist laboratory and he's like... Um, and then Radu is the servant's like, I have a hunch. Yes. And the, guy, and the guy's like, he's like, I know you have a hunch, but what's your idea? This movie, I'm not going to lie, was a hard one to review because there's so many like weird little lines. Some yeah. of them just went over my uh, head. Yeah. Like there's like the problem with it. It was a good movie to watch, but like the problem is I feel like there was so much like dialogue and so much lines where it's just kind of like a big clusterfuck in my fucking head yeah yeah and you almost have to watch it like so the thing about this i don't know if we've ever talked about this i don't know if we ever talked about what this podcast was supposed to be from the very very beginning but the idea behind this podcast that we had originally was like this was what was gonna what it would be like if we watched this movie and we were at a bar talking about it after we watched it yeah which is why we talk about how you know we're we're as if we're in that time. So, you know, we watch this movie as if it's 1985 and we went to a bar afterwards and talked about it, which is why we talk about the wrestling of the time and the heavy metal of the time. Cause those are the things we knew about. So, and that's what this episode is. It's just hard. It's just going to be hard for the audience to listen to if they haven't watched it because it's basically just us or me most or laughing about these scenes in this ridiculous movie. Yeah. I mean, like, but you it's, know, it's we, like we, one of those things you have to see. Yeah. You got, you got the main story that we talked about, you know, there's a little, little hidden things, but the main story, you know, obviously was the Jack and Jill going down to Transylvania to find all these monsters. The monsters were not really monsters. They're just a bunch of goofy characters. That's like the gist right, of exactly. everything. But exactly. you know, they had a couple of good laughs, a couple of good, you know, showcase, you know, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum was good in the movie. Um, you know, they have, they have a lot of good funny scenes that can happen in the movie. Some of the quirky scenes as well, too. 
it's a little bit mixed bag. So it's a little little different style of show that we have here on the Retro Blood. You know, yeah. I, to be honest with you, if I would have saw this in theaters, I'd probably be like, yeah, God, I ain't seen this shit again. But yeah, <laughs> that was just me. It had some good parts to it, but it's not something I would put it, put it on the regular. Yeah, this is probably not something that we're going to do a lot. We're going to do like horror comedies, but um, the only other horror comedy I would even recommend doing is maybe, well, like, like I mean, not, not saying that, like comedy comedies, like there's horror comedies I'm sure that we'll do, but um, like Young Frankenstein is a better version of what this movie was trying to be. Yeah, I think. Uh, Young Frankenstein's a fucking funny movie, but it came out in the 70s, so it won't be a movie that we're doing, but um, but yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought it was fine. I wouldn't watch it all the time. And, you know, if you came over to my house, it wouldn't be the first movie I picked to watch. But I thought it was funny. Yeah. I thought there was some really funny parts. For a Frankenstein movie in the 80s, I mean, obviously this one was supposed to be more geared towards the funny side, I guess, of a lot yes. of the Frankenstein tales or the Frankenstein, kind of like a, of the whole Universal Monsters. It's basically trying to show it in like a funnier light. So yes. that's how it's like a little different than how they used to do the movies where it's more of a serious tone. This one's mm-hmm. trying to make it all like more like comedic, a little more cartoonish. For all the acting, a lot of the scenes, a lot of the characters, very cartoonish characters. So definitely something to see different. Um, I mean, I definitely probably would have went to the movies because of the title and stuff. But I was like, eh, like I said, it was good. But like, not something I would keep on the regular. But No, but Gina Davis is worth seeing this movie for. Yes, that's true. But everybody. But jo- I have a thing for Gina Davis. Yeah. Hey, join us here next time, though, on the Retro Blood. Because we are still deep into Universal Monster Month. We just visited Transylvania with our boy Frankenstein. And now we're about to take a little bit more serious tone. We're about to see a better Wolfman. Mm. We're about to talk of the Wolfman. And we're going to be talking all about Stephen King's Silver Bullet. Oh, this is a good movie. What a, what a, what a freaking difference this shit's going to be. <laughs> compared to what we just saw. But everybody, thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed this episode of The Retro Blood. I know it was a little bit of a, a cluster. But hey, <laughs> the shit gets like that when you have some crazy wackos here in Transylvania. Fucking, we got a vampire a nymphomaniac. We got a wolf guy who just needs to shave. We got a fucking mummy who is like a chick. We got a Frankenstein who just did some plaque surgery. We have some doc who wants to service an espresso. So we got the gist of everything. We got the gist of our characters. Yeah, sure. But let me pick out the song for this week's episode. All right. Because this has been a goofy episode. There's all kinds of goofy stuff. How about we leave the we, we how about we leave the audience with some more goofiness? How about we do Grab Them Cheeks, brother? By the junkyard <laughs> dog and Vicky. Yeah, let's do it. Grab them cheeks, brother. Alright guys, we'll check you later. See you guys later. See ya man. Go for your partners, you know what? And then you G R A B T A G C A K E S.